Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I am your host, Kevin Bradley, not currently flanked by my co-host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher. He may be joining us later, but this current guest has a bit of a time crunch, and so we don't want to spend too much time waiting around. So we're just going to jump right into it. But before we do that, we got to give it up to sponsors of the show, your friends and ours. No judges needed. Your one-stop shop for all of your BJJ training gear, from rash guards to spats to geese, modeled by a very familiar face if you look at the screen right now, uh, and casual wear as well, because why do we do this if not to hawk our training over all those in the outside world who do not train? So we got a ton of great designs for you on that front. Now, all of this stuff, it ain't going to come cheap because quality costs uh, costs a little bit of green. You know what I'm saying? But we are also here to help you out on that front as well. Use the promo code JJT to knock 20% off your purchase. It's a great amount of savings. You'll be helping us out. You'll be helping yourselves out. People help the people. Am I right? And uh, this is a brand that really gives back to the community. Jiu-Jitsu owned and operated from day one to now. So once again, that is www.nojudgesneeded.com, promo code JJT for 20% off. All right, ad read over. Now, this is a, today's guest is a returning fan favorite, one of the, the biggest names in the competitive jiu-jitsu scene today, a big mover and shaker, and one of the many reasons, one of the many forces that kept us going during COVID. And uh, I'm also seeing that, we uh, hang on, uh, before I uh, bring Ryan in, I'm actually going to add... Mr. Kevin Gallagher, sorry, uh, I got started a little bit uh, without you because we found out Ryan has a bit of a uh, a bit of a time crunch. But I'm going to soldier on because I've started and I cannot stop. I'm like a boulder <laughs> rolling downhill, and that's just how it be, baby. So I got there just in time to miss the ad read. <laughs> exactly. Hey, man, it was good. You would have loved this one. Um, but with that being said, please welcome to the show one of the big names that helped jiu-jitsu survive during the COVID pandemic with his amazing Kumite shows, uh, president of thir- and founder of Third Coast Grappling, Mr. Ryan McGuire. Ryan, welcome back to the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast, good sir. How Man, are you, you today? You are way too kind. Way too kind. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it though. I'm not going to argue he's about good, it. He's good about that. Sorry for keeping hey, you waiting, Ryan. I apologize, man. I freaking been running around like a crazy person today. I mean, My apologies, to you, man. Officially, right? You get your black belt, and then it gets kind of shifts to Brazilian time. It's just kind of like a natural <laughs> Already <laughs> teetering on dangerous territory. Three point nine seconds into the episode proper, but. But yeah, to to my kindness, I, I might be a little bit kind to you, Ryan. But none of it is undeserved, you know. Uh, we, we 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 could talk you up all we want, but the the fact of the matter is, when when things were looking really dire, you and a few like a few uh, a, a small list of others were really working hard to put on quality shows during the pandemic. So I, I you know, I just wanted to thank you for that because well, you know sure. we. We don't have a we don't have a show if there's no jujitsu going around. It was dicey for a while. Man, like the second half of 2020 was just was the craziest year probably of my life personally. You know, I had some loss. I had I mean, it just it was crazy. It was one show after another, and I didn't really get to slow down until really January. And I was kind of like, oh. and it's like, oh, we got all this new contract stuff, all this. So it's like I haven't even really got to catch my breath yet. So it's a uh, you know we're we're grinding towards April. It should be fun. Now, I, 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 I want to get into the future. I want to get into what you have planned and all the great stuff coming down the pipe. But I would love to take a moment to look back towards 
that those first few days when things were sort of teetering in, in the jiu-jitsu community during the, during the lockdowns. And that was when you had active shows that were on the docket and you had a lot of things planned in advance and suddenly everything had to be thrown out, changed or shifted. How did it feel juggling all of that from your perspective? It was terrible. <laughs> uh, I mean, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people don't know we are a relatively small company, you know, day to day. Uh, it's usually me day to day and then maybe one or two others, you know, you know, put some time in. But we expand out to about 50 people come, you know, event time. So, I mean, leading up to it, it's it's relatively small. I do take a lot on my shoulders, which I think as an entrepreneur, you got to kind of, you know, you got to do it yourself until you can afford to pay somebody else to do it, you know, or trust somebody to do it. And right now, uh, you know, not much money. I'd rather do it myself. Let's put it that way. And just, uh, <laughs> you know, just keep trying to make it work. But uh, man, it's 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 been crazy, but I, I learned a lot. I mean, my team learned a lot and we got to put on some really cool matches in a, in a time where most people couldn't even train. So it was it was definitely pretty cool. It gave people a chance to make some money and, and keep our brand relevant. So, you know, ups and downs, you know, they're going to happen, but we, we, we kept the dream alive. It was fun. Yeah. You guys continue to put on good shows through quality shows. Uh, the, the amount of talent you're able to put out there on a daily basis. Again, you know, without guys like you, Seth Daniels, some of the other dudes out there that are cranking it out week after week, like we wouldn't be able to have anything to talk about on the show anymore. <laughs> so thank you. To you guys putting in the hard work to give us some uh, some 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 news for the jujitsu times to uh, to be journalists for so you know that's super cool that you can. You do don't want to do like the TMZ clickbaity stuff like everybody else is doing. Come on, man, <laughs> <You gotta laughs> report on RG story. Now. There's definitely Ryan, a place for that. This just in: Ryan <laughs> McGuire hates who? Question mark. <laughs> I tell you, man. I I, uh, <laughs> I fight I fight against that a lot. I pull back, push back on that a lot. The the, the idea of whether I present things or whether I put my power and my, uh, my resources into uh, legitimacy versus what pays the bills and what gets people interested. And it's as, as someone that's like yourself, that's in the business of pub, of the public eye, you have to kind of walk that line a little bit. You have to figure out not only things that are interesting to talk about things that are relevant to the world that you want to talk about, but you also have to figure out a way to make people, tune in and look and sometimes the flash and the allure is what keeps people to come in more than the substance and that's just the way of the world brother that's the way it goes yeah yeah it's it's, it's been kind of uh it's been kind of weird balancing all that just probably in the past year i finally kind of hit my stride with that i'm like oh people actually do know who i am outside of this stuff because I, I mean i don't i mean i kind of don't get caught up too much in it anymore but it got weird when I, you know, people started commenting on like my wife's picture of my daughter, and was, right. you know, saying, "I'm like, I don't even know these people." Like, Lisa, I'm friend them. I'm in front of like this is too weird. <laughs> so I had to kind of like pull back a little bit on the social media and just kind of, you know, I kind of changed tasks, just changed how I do things a little bit. It's been more healthier. So, uh, you know, I'm curious about this topic myself, person, because again, I, I, I have this like Bushido code that I try <laughs> to pretend myself to and make myself believe that I live by and all this other shit like that. And I think that one of the biggest knocks a lot of guys that talk about in the jiu-jitsu community, jiu-jitsu world, and it's relevant now because you, as you start to see guys like Logan Paul popping their heggly head up into, mm -hmm. into positions of, uh, you know, getting themselves recognition without actually having to do anything for it. Like, where do you stand as a promoter and how do you balance those things as a promoter? How do you balance the fact that, yes, you obviously want to put on the highest quality events, but the reality of it is, is if, you know, competitors don't have followings enough to bring you 
the amount of you know viewership to make your show profitable it's still a business like how do you walk that line between putting on quality talent and getting the most incredible talent out there and also keeping the showmanship up to keep people interested i think it's it's more or less about you know knowing your athletes knowing who you're working with and knowing what's exciting and what's not i mean I, I, we've been battling with it recently you know there was a main event that we had for three cg6 that kind of fell apart yesterday because of an injury so i've been kind of dealing with that but that match was kind of teetering on that line you're saying where people there probably would have been a lot of people being like what the fuck? and then other people have been like oh wow that's pretty cool but i think you're gonna always get the what the fuck from the jiu-jitsu crowd when you're trying to do something a little too different than what they're used to you know because i mean for the most part people that do jiu-jitsu are creatures of habits routines stuff like that they don't like change too much a little bit so it's like when you're doing something that people have never seen before or aren't used to or, or haven't experienced of course, their natural instinct is going to be to push back. Most people aren't open-minded right off the bat. I can say that for myself too, you know. So I think it's just people don't know what they want to. You show it to them. So it's basically, you know, you got to trust yourself, uh, you know, be creative, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. We've definitely swung and missed on the, you know, no time limit match. I mean, we did some cool stuff with like the Royal Rumble. I mean, there's always stuff to try to. I'm trying to do to shake it up. But at the end of the day, it's come down, like you said. People want to see, you know, high level guys, but they want it to be exciting. Like I can see all these events that go on all the time. And I mean, for as a practitioner, I mean, yeah, it's cool. But I mean, people want to see submissions. And that's what we always try to push when we're making matches is finishes. I mean, it's it's that's the end, basically the end all be all. I mean, yeah, there's there's matches that are exciting that don't end in submission, but more often than not, some of these super fights events are I mean, the fights are very super, you know, like uh, it's not really something that might bring people coming back. Are you still? I'm. Just, and again, these are just all curiosity questions that I think of from you know a spectator point of view, someone that loves the art of jujitsu, someone that covers the art of jujitsu, versus what goes through the mind of someone that actually has to do it for a living. You know, what I'm talking about because it's yeah, super it easy to be the guy on the outside that can judge and say, "Oh, that's such a. I can't believe they did that. I can't believe." But at the idea, at the end of the day, like it's a business. You got to make money, bro. You know what I mean? No yeah. one's no one's doing this for free. It costs a whole lot of money. You got to get a whole lot of money. To bring it back in again and um, you know what what are some of the things that uh that you think about that you say to the jiu-jitsu community you know when they say things like well you know like i don't think that ryan cares i think he's just trying to be a showman i think he's just trying to to to, to shake the bubble just to get viewers in what, what are some of the things you say to those guys that say shit like that man yeah i mean they're right to an extent but i, also, <laughs> I do care yeah. <laughs> so it's like, right. like you said, there's a balance there, but I mean, I'm not going to say they're wrong. I mean, I, I do want viewers. I'm sorry if, you know, we came up out of nowhere, you know, just a couple of years ago, you know, a couple of blue belts didn't know anybody. We've only thrown like 15 shows. There's guys out there, 60, 70, hundreds of shows underneath them. I've literally not even hit the twenties yet. You know what I'm saying? Like we're still yeah. relatively young. We're still trying to figure out what works for us and what doesn't. And we're trying to, you know, we're trying to do, you know, take our brand and see and, and, and push it forward. Cause I think that we do kind of have a good recipe to maybe expand past just jujitsu because that's I've told you guys before. If you want to grow the sport, you got to expand past just jujitsu. You need to get the wrestling involved and all the right. other grappling arts because that's where it's at right now. You know, basically like mixed grappling arts. Get wrestlers in there. I mean, wrestling has a much bigger base than jujitsu does. So when you get like a Bo Nickel versus Gordon Ryan, you got the tops of each of their you know each of their sport, and that's going to obviously expand your viewership if you're going after other sports and people that represent those sports well. So. I think it's just a matter of, you know, because we have people that are actually in the audience. Do we want to entertain them? Right. So I mean, that, people that come to the show, you know, we'll that's do that. A, but, 
I actually wanted to stop you right there just because I remember our first conversation, your first appearance on the show. A big thing we talked about was your experience as uh, in the in the music industry and dealing with like live events, live crowds and bringing that same kind of energy to pro jujitsu shows, like getting an influx of people that are looking for a big, loud environment. Ryan? Yeah, it kind of changed <laughs> when COVID happened. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. So I was just going to ask, what what has it been like? from your point of view, like having that aspect of the show completely ripped out over the last year? Well, one thing when we, when we started um, to come back in June with the Kumite events and stuff is we said we wanted to do it with spectators. So we brought spectators back like from day one with the first Kumite. So we had like 150, 200 people in there socially distanced and, and all that, but like, it's, it's not the same. It's not the same at all. You know, people got to sit, they got to do this. They got to socially distance, you know, and it's not even rules anymore. It's like people's habits and, and stuff have changed. So you're seeing more people that would rather stay home and watch the event. But we've been lucky to still have COVID sellouts, you know, 50% capacity sellouts on our events still. But um, it, it's not the same. But this next event coming up, 3CG6, we've moved to a new venue in Houston uh, called Wide Oak Music Hall. It's like state of the art. It's, one of, it's probably the best. I mean, it's beautiful. And, um, you know, we're going we, we're to be able to have probably close to four or 500 people. So we're going to have a much bigger a much bigger crowd because the venue's a lot bigger. Yeah, so, that's that's cool, man. How, so how is that obviously helping or hurting your bottom line? I'm sure it's difficult to put the events on without having the paying. Yeah, I mean, it, it, buy tickets, it, man. it blew everything up, man. I mean, the, I mean, the numbers that what's frustrating is like as promoters, we know the numbers on our side, right. and we're adjusting. We're doing what we do. Other people are doing what they do if they're in the in this business. But what hasn't changed really is some of the athletes still haven't been that. I mean, they're still expecting pre-COVID pay and a post-COVID market to when a lot of us guys have lost probably 50% of the revenue and we're having to basically revamp our whole product into something that actually makes sense. Cause there's no more, you know, just big sponsors out there wanting to just dump money and blow it and give it away. You know, people are wanting to invest it, they're wanting to, you know, so it, it's, it's to the point now to where it's just, you gotta have a, it's gotta adapt, man. You gotta, you gotta keep trying to, to change, keep, keep, uh, keep rolling with the punches. Yeah, man. Like, so I, I, I was, the question I asked before, I lost, I forgot what I was saying halfway through because I talked too much and just kind of went, <laughs> I went out, out the other. I know he's a mover and a shaker, you know, he's, yeah, he's got exactly. a lot to do. <laughs> my, my words were just pouring out of me and I forgot what I forgot the point. It's usually something that happens quite It's a all bit. good. It happens to me too. But the point I was trying to get to that Kevin kind of touched on a little bit was the idea of, you know, the jujitsu market. I think that, you know, we're all kind of accepting the fact yeah it's a big deal for, in our minds because we all love and cherish jiu-jitsu and there's lots of people out there that love and cherish jiu-jitsu but the reality of it is is that in order for things to become profitable there needs to be that kind of crossover into the general world like you know the reason why the ufc is so effective and so and so uh you know makes so much money so profitable and so big is because you don't have to be an MMA fighter to understand it. You, you, they have crossover appeal to just dudes that don't train at the bar that like to enjoy to watch uh, a fight. Um, Jiu-jitsu tends to not have that sometimes because they don't really recognize it. They don't really yeah. understand the rules. Are you finding that by promoting to wrestling and promoting to some of the other sports out there and having these crossover fights that you're starting to bridge that gap and maybe go into the more, you know, the more common market or the larger market, mass market? Yeah, I think that's something that we've all that we've been kind of have had our eye on, you know, for the past year is simplifying the rule set to something that's basically 
you can look at it in, in a minute, 30 seconds, or it can be explained easily before broadcast. Like sweep is this, takedown is this, pass is this, you know, this is legal, this is not legal. This is how, you know, just basically something that our commentary team can break down pretty quickly. And, you know, that we can post as just a graphic or whatever, and just people can just look at it. It's simple, it's easy to understand. There's no room for interpretation and move forward. Because what we found was with having everything based on IBJJF was, yeah, that's good for a tournament. Like those rules work well for a tournament atmosphere. But when you try to translate it to a super fight, you know, event where the where the, they're both, uh, you know, both have different, you know, have different, um, I guess, uh, diff what's the word I'm looking for? Different purposes. Like the IBJJF rule set, I mean, people go in there to win. They use the advantages. They do all this, you know, all that stuff. It's to win. But a super fight event or if you're putting on events like ours or fight to win or whoever, the purpose is to put on a show but also win. You know, right. or you can lose, but still put on a show. Right. But the rules with IBJJF, some of them are so nuanced and just so it's just it's just too much, man. So we're, we're basically taking what we want, revamping it and repackaging it. And, and just we're going to have our referees go through like a, like a, an official certification course and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, it's interesting that point of view, the difference between like, you know, winning the IBJJF world is obviously a very prestigious event, but it's a different mindset. You're, you're winning in a tournament type thing, so you kind of grind it out and kind of do whatever it takes to win. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's acceptable to win in a super fight situation, but, you know, you're also being paid to be there. So, like, winning is cool. Yeah, for one match, exactly. <laughs> or, you know, even if it's a smaller tournament yeah, type situation. But, like, it, you see, if you're just there for one super fight, yeah, you're there – to win, obviously you want to win, but you're also being paid because the promoter expects you to be an exciting competitor. And I think a lot of guys don't really recognize that. They don't get that. I see a lot of the higher level guys that go out there and fight in the same frame that they would fight in an IBJZF, you know, yeah. tournament, which is okay. They won, but at the end of the day, like it's boring. You need to have it comes down to the fact that they don't have what I, what I've coined as the Gallagher mindset, <laughs> animal <laughs> champion mindset. That's going to go out there and put on a show. I'm a, fuck, I'm a fucking old set. man. I don't even <laughs> want to pander to these promoters anymore to try to get on shows. I don't give a shit anymore. I'm fucking old. <laughs> COVID, COVID sucked the life out of me anymore. Man. I'm happy. I'm happy sitting behind this microphone and writing my articles and teaching hey, private lessons. You're doing a great job. Anymore, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's a very important distinction to recognize that the difference between you know what jujitsu is versus what the business of jujitsu know fighting and marketing through a professional venue like yourselves would be you have to make exciting fights these are people aren't going to pay to watch it and that's the end of the day it's the reason why diego garcia or diego sanchez is still fighting in the ufc he's, he's, he got, he's, a, uh, he's got a match against uh he's got a, ma a grappling match against uh cowboy cerrone right yeah he does yeah he, does. he just uh, he just uh grappled uh what's his name jake shields yeah one. Jake won. yeah yeah, yeah that's oh crazy. really jake shields won that's crazy mm -hmm. Jake's a beast. I've trained with that guy. Not, not fun at all. Yeah. I've rolled with Jake too before, man. He's just strong as shit. Super, super crazy. Old school. Yeah, old school. Yeah, old school. Old school jujitsu. Guard, shoulder pressures, pass, and right to the arm triangle all every day, <laughs> all day long. If there was ever a guy like in in like in multiple multiple promotions who just made jujitsu look magical, it was Jake Shields. Like WEC, Strike Force, UFC, yeah. just like he was his his ground game's so good. And like that's magical to us, but to other people, they're Jake Shields is boring. He just lays on him. <laughs> 
like, there's an effective you... there's an effectiveness to that old school pressure jujitsu. Guys just have kind of gotten away from it a little bit more, and it's true. I kind of get that. I, I, I funny we talk about that because I just had that conversation with my with my students all month long. This whole month, you know, we do month by month. Our head instructor Matt Arroyo gives us the instructors a topic or a particular position to work on for the month, and we all work on the same thing. And this month is closed guard. And you know, the point of it is, is I was saying, hey, look, like. Closed guard's kind of boring. You don't see a lot of guys that play closed guard anymore. It's just old school jujitsu. It's just kind of making yeah, a comeback, but it's boring. You know what I mean? Like I, I enjoy closed guard too sometimes, but the the real reality of it is I like open my guard up. I like to have fun flowing around and, and and allow for more activity and more more thinking about what your opponent's doing and the reactions and things like that. But it doesn't make the difference. It doesn't. It's not saying that closed guard is not effective. It's not saying that that boring jujitsu, that boring pressure very static control position or very static control jujitsu is not effective if utilized correctly. I'm just saying that like, I don't want to do that. Again, you know, <laughs> no, I mean, there's, there's people that can make it exciting. Like Roberto Jimenez, he, yeah. he makes full guard look great. Right. But, I mean, he's constantly attacking, constantly doing, I mean, some people go 50, 50, they attack the legs, they sweep, they do cool stuff, take the back. Others sit there and they dry hump each other. So it's like, like, I mean, there's just different, I guess it's just different stuff. But when I see people going to 50, 50, I don't, I'm just like, <laughs> I, 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 it's every bit as boring as it is in the clothes guard sometimes with those 50 50 yeah it's just, just kind it's, of move it's, here it's, and there it's, yeah. i i want it's funny you bring up roberto Jimenez just because i want to take you back to your last appearance on this show you came on talking up the kumite like the big tournament and we all offered our opinions on how that thing would go i think Ooh. i said roberto we all had different people winning it None of us were right. Uh, how has it been from your your seat in the house to look at the year that Cyborg ended up having in 2020? Man, it's it's inspiring, honestly. I mean, for the, for the longest time, man, he's a uh, he's just always kind of maintained the test of time. You know, the stuff that he did for with us and and the other events. I mean, it's unreal. You know, he's been on a on a crazy crazy streak, and I think he's gonna have another good year, honestly. So um, you it's know, look like he's slowing down. Yeah. yeah. You know, and the, the even more amazing part of that is, like, I can remember being a white belt and a blue belt, you know, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, and thinking, my, and, like, Cyborg was the guy back then. You know what I mean? He, he was, you, you went to Cyborg to see this, the Cyclone Guard and the inverted mm -hmm. stuff and all the crazy yeah, things that he did that nobody else was doing, right? And, it's, and now we're looking to flash forward to 10 years later, he's still on top of the world, still out there winning things. I don't think there's too many other grapplers right now that have had that amount of longevity that have continued to be on top of the world. You know, it's tending to, to be, you know, main events on, uh, on, on professional cards. It's a pretty, pretty big testament to Cyborg's hey, abilities. Man, from what I've seen with him though, compared to the younger guys is he's so crafty and he's just so, oh, yeah, he's, he's just so smart and he knows the rule. I mean, he's very, very smart. Like him and Wagner Hocha both. They know what they're doing. They go in there with a the game plan. They know they want to push it to overtime. They know they want to, you know, in their regulation, tire the guy out so that when they get to overtime, they, they've got to score before overtime so that they can have the advantage. And then they go in there, and it's those guys are super smart. And that's what I've always taken away is that they are true competitors. They're not just sitting in there just winging it, not knowing the rule set, just showing up. Like, these guys, I mean, they're they're in it. So I've got a lot of knowing respect. Knowing how to win is, in my opinion, one of the – most underrated 
attributes of any athlete and understanding the rules, knowing when to go, knowing when to hold back and understanding what you have to do to win that event is something that separates the, the, the mediocre, the, the pretty good from the remarkable. And you're right. Wagner Hocha. I've been watching Wagner Hocha compete for frick. I used to watch him compete here in central Florida in local tournaments, you know, knowing that game, grinding out, winning by an advantage with a freaking with a, with 30 seconds left. Like they, they get it. They know how to win. It's important. Honey Dixon right at the end. Right, exactly. One hundred percent. If there's like like this big, like the biggest hands I've ever seen I, in my life. I I always underestimated just how big of a guy he was, and then I ended up meeting him at a fight to win in Philadelphia a few months back. And it, it he is just terrifying when you're standing right next to him. And he's got his arm around your shoulder. You're just like, oh, that's a catcher's mitt on my shoulder. You like right me. I think it was three CG two or three or something. I can't remember which one. But I walked up to him in the hotel. I was like, hey, man, great match for all. Immediately, dirty wrist locks me. <laughs> my wrist hurt for like a month after that. I was like, this guy. Is- yeah. Fuck you. I mean, Cyborg, Cyborg's a massive, massive human being, but he moves like a. He, he does things that the lightweights do. He moves his, his guard. He's, around his guy, man. He's super nice, super good guy. You know, I've, I've yeah. always liked him. Very humble dude. I've, had a, I've, I've known him quite well. I mean, don't know him well, but I've spent some time. I've spent seminars with him when I was a kid and, or younger grappler and yeah. know the fight sports guys pretty well. He's awesome. Yeah, I like those guys. And Maggie, she's great. Uh, I've, always, I've always got good things to say about them. Cool. So, man. so it, it looks like the Kumite format has has become incredibly popular, and it's it's gotten a lot of people really focused on the, on your shows. Um, did their success have anything to do with the the recent announcement you made about moving, uh, not renewing your contract with Flow Grappling and moving on to a different provider uh, in fight in Fight TV? Man, honestly. There was there was a lot of back and forth with with different people just trying to figure out what we wanted to do, and what was working pre-COVID, it's not working post-COVID. And right now, what we needed was somebody that would come in, let us do what we want to do, allow us to create the matches we want to make, and allow us to run our business the way we want to run it, and and have the freedom to do that, and not be constrained by things that may hurt our bottom line over and over again. So, and looking at that, so one of the one was, you know, you can't do events unless it's on Friday or Sunday. And that's out for us. Like we're a Saturday night show, you know. So that was our immediately out. And then with the, with with Flow, it was just more, you know, I don't have any hate or disdain for those guys. I'm not going to talk any mess or say anything bad about them. It's just, uh, you know, we, we got sued, you know, <laughs> trying to do this, you know, after our first year with them. You know, we wanted to leave, you know, way back then. But we kind of, you know, we had to go through litigation and, and we st- we did our year and, Put on some cool events but no i mean what what primed us to go that direction is i think that's where things are going you know there's a lot of really cool innovative people over at fight and um you know they they have you know they want to they want to go big and i think that's something that kind of aligned with what we wanted what we wanted to do in terms of you know taking control and and kind of you know basically you know we decide our fate you know we needed something other than just a flat amount of money for licensing we need we need to be able to control our destiny we basically have a a bottom end floor a good guarantee and then you know also pay-per-view on top so it's a way for us basically to go back to the free market and basically control our destiny no more blaming oh so and so didn't promote the right way or this or this wasn't marketed or blah 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 that's on us you know and that puts uh, even more i wouldn't say pressure but puts more of a seriousness to things you know it's 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 a it's a, a move a lot of people maybe wouldn't have made or if they if they had gone through what we have, it might be different. But uh, 
you know, it was the best move for us. And I'm, I'm, we're happy about it. And, uh, you know, we wish those guys the best, but you know, it was, it was, uh, it was time to move on. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of happy about it too, myself to tell you the truth. And I feel like a lot of uh, other people in the grappling world are happy to see that flow grappling stranglehold on the, on the community is kind of lightening up a little bit. People are trying to find new ways to, to go out and do different things. Um, I know that quite a few people have had quite a few bad things to say about flow. Um, I am not really one of them. Sometimes I get up irritated by hear things are there. You know, I don't, I don't like, I just don't like monopolies in general. I like mm-hmm. to have a free market. I like to have people be able to do everything they do. Um, but I think that, you know, you moving on to, to the new fight thing is, is what's it called? Fight. I'm sorry. Uh, what's it, fight, TV. fight TV and then fight pay-per-view. They do. They did like the Roy Jones, Mike Tyson. Yeah. fight. Yeah. They're, 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 care these are those guys. I mean, the same people that put those fights together are people I'm working with daily and they're, uh, That's cool, man. and they've been at higher levels at WWE. They've been at higher levels at the UFC. I mean, these are, well-tenured people, you know, in the entertainment biz. So how did, did they approach you? Did you approach them? I'm just curious. Um, how was, I, they came to us first and, and then, you know, we, at, at first they were kind of like our, you know, they were kind of middle of the road for it, but then we talked and the deal evolved and we started brainstorming more and a lot more stuff came together and they ended up, you know, it was a no brainer by the end of it. You know, we, uh, it was tough leaving flow because it was just all we've known for a long time, you know, but it was, Business-wise, with the who's number one stuff starting up, it's just a gigantic conflict for for any promoter, I think, to be, you know, to basically be on a network where the the network has a promotion and they're able to see and do things and talk to you about your event and use, you know, basically your trade secrets to make their event better. It felt like... But you're not paying for my inside trade secrets. So it got to the point to where, like, I wouldn't even send emails or anything at the end. I would send the card over here's the card. This is what's going on. Here's the flyers. Have a great day. Because I, I, think, I, that, I think that yeah. that has always been what the, what people have talked the most ill about when they talk about pro grappling is that there's a sense of proprietorship that they have over all of your, everything. If you, if you're on flow grappling, all of a sudden they own that. Like I, it just creeps me out that like I have probably 20 matches on flow grappling and I can't even access them if I don't have a flow grappling account to, to watch clips. Yeah. It's, that's what's great with fight too, is that we're going to be able to give the athletes the rights to their matches. Yeah. We own the, we own the events. So it's, it's going to be, it opens up more windows for us to kind of do some more creative deals and stuff like that for, for what we're doing. So, I mean, it was just, it was a win-win man. Like I said, I'm not going to bash those guys. They're, they're no, doing their course. thing. Yeah. You know, they're, um, they're adapting. They're, they're changing. They're, and, they're doing what they got to do. I think it's, it's important to, to note that flow's existence, you know, rising tides, rot, like raise all ships sort of thing. They did a lot of things on the, at the ground fl- yeah. floor on the ground floor to enable other events and shows. But I think pigeonholing anything to the, to its origin is a little bit dangerous. And I'm glad to see your, you're making strides to get away from that. And I'm hoping this leads to a, for all our wrestling fans out there, I'm hoping this leads to like a Monday night wars situation. It's kind of what we're going for. Exactly. Right? The Ryan McGuire, the general manager, or if you need a, fa- a fake general manager for yeah, scrappling, I plane tickets are not that expensive right now. I can be down for shows and just have a belt and just be the guy that gets body slammed by everybody. <laughs> Did you, oh, um, did you, uh, did when, when you were discussing this, I'm just curious, it's just, I'm just something that I'm curious about was, was there any recognition of the market for jujitsu events that was being brought up by the fight, uh, TV fight pay-per-view people? I'm just curious yeah. as to what kind of, uh, 
you know, market there is for uh, well, professional jujitsu. Well, I'll be honest with you. They did the Gordon Ryan and Pat Downey deal that was on Fanatics. It was kind of yeah. rushed and all that. It wasn't really well promoted. It wasn't well, you know, it just kind of seemed like they were. And, and that did, I'll tell you offline the amount. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> they did well. Yeah, they, they right. actually like they made money and I've seen the hard numbers and stuff. And and I know personally that it would take an ounce of my time to, to promote it and market the event better, you know, like and put together a card that people are going to want to buy and, and market it effectively. Like we just uh, finished the deal with fight to where we're going to have down in South America and Brazil. It's going to be geo geo locked and they can get the pay-per-view for five ninety nine. And then they're also going to have an independent stream for Portuguese only. So we're, we're kind of really starting to push into Brazil. We're wanting to do some outreach there. And uh, I mean, I think we're just looking ahead, man. Like a lot of people just get so caught up. And I mean, as an American promotion, it's like ignore. It'd be like a, a baseball team ignoring, you know, Spanish. And they're not having why, would you, why would you ignore 50 percent of America? <laughs> why would you ignore 50 percent of your demographic? You know what exactly, I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like Brazil's Brazilian Portuguese, you know, Brazilians are basically like the, the Spanish of in America when it comes to sports. You have that Spanish uh, programming for the UFC. You have it basically everywhere you want. So it was like, okay, well, maybe we'll get some some good influencers in Brazil. I'm not going to say their name yet. Set them up in a second commentary booth. And we'll have our American side with Sean Patrick, and then have the you know Portuguese stream, and then you can you know pick which one you want. Now I I got to stop you there because streaming was is one of the main criticisms I see levied at Flow. You know, like the quality of the streams can be somewhat inconsistent from show to show. You never really are a hundred percent sure of what you're getting. Was that a huge concern of yours in these talks? Is about like the quality of of production? Honestly, I mean, you saw with the UFC recently with the Conor McGregor fight. Like nobody's immune yeah. from streaming issues. Yeah. And, uh, Basically, Flow takes what we give them. You know, when we give, like, we're, we're the ones sending the, the stream to them, to their network operations center. Okay. So whatever happens is usually server-related, you know, AWS, Amazon Web Services, something. But it's always something that's that's been fixable. I mean, it's it's just the nature of the beast, you know, uh, at the end of the day. But I, we're not going to sit here and say, oh, it's always their fault because there's been times it's been our fault. Yeah, you know? no, so, I've yeah. – so are the production values going to increase as a result of this deal? Yes. Yeah, we, I mean, we've got instant replay. I mean, that would have already increased. We've had this stuff ready to go since last year, but we weren't going to put the extra cost and effort into all that stuff when, you know, we were just coming up on the end of our deal. We were just trying to, you know, get out of it and, and get ready for the next year. So everything's going up, man. I mean, the from the venue to the production to, to everything, it's all going up. And this is just kind of just been something we've been waiting for. It's not something that was like, oh, we're starting with the fight. What are we going to do? No, like we have, you know, stuff in place that, you know, we were going to, that we've been working on that are, that are going to debut when we go with them. Yeah, that's super cool, man. That's super exciting that uh, something new in, is starting to pop off and to hear you talk about how you've had the, the new advancements in your technology waiting to go. You were just waiting for the new, yeah, people got to see what they saw with 3CG5 and that was fun, but I mean, it was, that was still down from what we're going to do. I mean, the new venue just really has opened up a lot of opportunities with what we can do as far as production i mean we're gonna have walkout cameras the whole thing guys are gonna be walking out with a camera in front of them names gonna pop up i mean it's gonna look you're gonna be like oh these guys aren't just streaming off their you know out of their basement anymore what's going on <laughs> it's not on an iphone 2 on a tape to yeah. an ipod <laughs> i don't know if you have that bro i'm like what these guys are really using iphones for their streaming tech i'm right. over here with like on the little dollar cameras <laughs> the iphone with the little stabilizer, the stabilizer. Yeah, like, that's the, like what? the official uh 
the official jujitsu uh, <laughs> <Break. laughs> tournament. I talked about Parker's uh, POV, POV, you're a jujitsu cameraman. <laughs> that was crazy. I saw that. I was like, man, we're, am I doing it wrong? Like, let's go get a couple of uh, old cell phones and, and do it that way. But just get old, no, we, old we definitely have a lot of advancements. I mean, and just, I mean, overall, organizational-wise, you know, we're really, we're really pushing things forward. So it's going to be good. I mean, the, the change is, is great. I mean, it's, it's literally, we get to do what we want. I called, you know, like I told you, the main event kind of fell apart yesterday because of an injury. And, uh, you know, I called our people at fight, told them the other idea I had. And they were like, yeah, let's go, rock and roll. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's great to have that level of trust. And they've been watching us. They know what we're doing. I mean, it was, it was a pretty long courting phase, you know. So, you know, they've had time to watch and, and look through our stuff, see our numbers. I mean, it's, it, was, it was a long process. But, you know, it's, it's exciting to have people that, that have our back and that are, are, that are totally that, – that are in, you know. And it has also to have some separation from the jujitsu world a little bit because people in the jujitsu world sometimes tend to be very clickish. So if you tell somebody something, you you might not be, it might get around to somebody else right. that it wasn't supposed to because oh that's my best friend he would never say anything right. and then right. it's, oh he's my best friend he'd never say anything, and it's just it's good to have some separation too. It's a relatively small community too, so yes, everybody and, and, you're only two two degrees of separation from anybody. Yeah, I like sucked my soul almost dry this year. I mean, it's kind of <laughs> you've been around for a while, Kev. I mean, you've seen uh, you know the good and the bad behind the curtain, you know all that stuff. And you know me having that experience, seeing you know, just kind of like don't meet your heroes type thing. You know, it's like yeah. that, that kind of deal. But you know, I've got my my priorities back in line. Whatever, let them be scumbags. I'm gonna have them keep doing them. <laughs> Secret scumbags. That's the best one. So oh, you, you you talked a little bit about. Uh, having your main event fall through on this uh on this event and you know i i know for sure that you know just from some of the things that i've done in, in event planning and things like that that you know you oh, just kind of roll you, you, yeah you just gotta roll with things shit happens yeah. you know what i'm yeah. talking about like tell me a little bit about how your day goes and how many times a day things pop up and like how hard it is for you to stay motivated sometimes to just say well Okay, let's put this fire out. This one's still burning a little bit, but we'll we gotta figure that out later because I gotta figure this out first and we'll move on and on and on. Like how much is putting on an event? How much that, is that? How much is a part of that? I mean, during COVID, it was like every day I'd wake up as I'd say, new day, new disaster. Right. Oh, I got COVID, I'm pulling out. I'm like, you want to come fight? Cool. Right. <laughs> like, like it was just man, I think the last Kumite we did, the women's one, there was like 12 COVID positive that I had to kick people off the card for like and replace. And it was just it gets exhausting. You have to do event flyers. You have to update everything else. You have to do. It's just, it's exhausting when people when people start pulling out. But uh, yeah, I mean, we've basically gone through uh, the worst of the worst. I think in terms of event planning, if you're trying to throw a live event, much less a jujitsu event, in the middle of or grappling event in the middle of a pandemic, I mean, you you've earned your stripes, <laughs> basically. I so keep it. Go ahead, Kev. Sorry. No, 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 no. I, I'm just. I was just gonna just say. I. I truly. When I think about the stuff I gotta keep track of and how it overwhelms me, I just don't. I don't want your job, Ryan. It sounds like a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, man. What was a nightmare was working like nine to five in a cubicle and and doing just mundane stuff, fattening everybody else's pockets up. As much as the worst day I've ever I've ever had at Third Coast Grappling, it it it's not even relative to the best day I had in the private sector. So like, I wouldn't change, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Does it get frustrating? Does it piss me off? Does it, you know, whatever, but it's not, it's, it's, 
it's nothing. It's, it's yeah, there's, there's an old, there's an old saying that like hustling for your money is a lot harder than having a job. Sometimes uh, you have the freedom to do whatever you want, but the, you ain't getting paid unless you go out there and make that money. Unless you go out there, up, and man. I mean, there's yeah. times when my account was negative over yeah. the summer. You know, it was like, it was tough. You know, we were having to put our own money in to kind of to backstop it and just get everything and keep it going. And it was, it, it took a lot out of me too. I lost my grandma during that and kind of just had a lot of issues myself. So just grinding through it. I just was uh, started drinking a little more. <laughs> We're just COVID as an excuse for coming alcoholic. So, do you uh, when granted because it's such a difficult, you know, difficult thing to run events, and you always have people dropping out, and you always have people doing this and that. Like, how much weight do you put on the professionalism of your athletes? You know, like, do you is there a part of you that makes a mental note? Okay, this guy's yes. like you dropped out a few times. He's unreliable. I can't wait on him. I can't. Real, real I don't quick, care how I gen- he is. I, Kev, Kev G, I genuinely thought you were going to ask him how much weight do you put on when it becomes crunch time? <laughs> 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 I just got so I just got so worried. Like, wait, you just can't take this in the left field? Ryan Paul, like a giant piece of cake. I'm a stress eater. <laughs> Or I weigh in, I take my weight after the event. Oh my god! Sorry, I just uh, the choice of words. I was gripping my table very tightly. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh, man, I took all the bullying and all the all the tearing down all, all summer. It's okay. You can call me whatever you want. I, I'm I'm immune now. I just laugh. I'm like you fucking scumbag. Shut up. <laughs> Not you, but <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. I really so, t- so tell me about that. Tell me about the how, how you weigh professionalism and how you weigh with. I'm trying to help athletes out there. Man, honestly, promoter, don't be a piece of shit. Show up and do do what you're supposed to do. And the promoter asks you if you want to be on these damn shows. We're pretty easy, man. I mean, we're still you know trying to become more professional with what we do with the business. Right, right. Like, I don't put any expectations on them. I wouldn't do. Like, I expect right. you to know the rules. I expect you to be pleasant to deal with. I expect you to leave any of your crazy ass friends or family or whoever. Don't let them corner you <laughs> if they have yeah, right. a problem. And just just be. Just, you know, be grateful also for the opportunity. You know, a lot of people are putting time and money and effort just to give you an opportunity to compete. So we're just, we want people that are grateful, people that enjoy it. They're easy to work with and win or loss. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, you could even put on the worst showing of your life, but if you were super cool, super fun to deal with, you know, I'll, I'll bring you back whenever, you know, yeah. so just mainly don't be an asshole. <laughs> I, I want to briefly, I think that's incredible advice for anyone looking to break into not just professional jujitsu, but any sort of professional. Yeah, just life in like, general. Like just you, life so, in your general. life is so much better if you're not an asshole. Just don't be I'm an asshole. Yeah. Like the first year and a half of 3CG, like I thought that was, I thought I was going to become Donald Trump personified or something. I don't know. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, was, I, was like, I was like, man, just be yourself, bro. This, this, this ain't for you. Because I'm like, I don't like having to go back and forth and fighting with people and drama. Because like, I, I just, it makes me want to get my gun and shoot them or something. Isn't so, there okay. a common feeling when you kind of come, isn't it? You just you get more productive when you come to realization that like, don't do things to make yourself famous or to build an empire. Like do things because you really enjoy what you're doing and you love what you're doing. And all those things will come to you. If you put that amount of passion into it, you don't let your head get too big. It's such that's a, kind of what we did, you know, like the days where, you know, money's low or this or that. I'm just like, man, this is all, this is all paying your dues, what you got to go through. You know, it's just part of it. So, <laughs> you know, it's, I'd rather struggle now and do this now. I mean, we're almost three years into this, so I mean, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> we're just going to change and keep keep trying to put on good shows and not be an asshole anymore. <laughs> I I want to I I want to talk a little bit about what I think could be a really fun way to make a lot of money, expand the sport, and and take advantage of your new relationship with Fight TV. Now, 
And you could tell me if any of this has occurred to you or, or if this thought is, has crossed your mind, but the, the combat sports world has been overtaken by a few things lately. But one of the, one of the biggest ones has been a Logan Paul potentially fighting Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match, which is stupid. And B his dumb younger brother trying to fight Conor McGregor and now is going to fight Ben Askren in a boxing match. All of this gives me an aneurysm and I pee blood every night thinking about it just because, and I know it's good ultimately, but I just, I don't, uh, it's our fault. All it's our fault. fault. Yeah, I know. And I, I don't know them. I don't know them personally. I don't know them personally, but here's the thing. Here's the thing that bums me out is that they're trying to be boxers, but both of them were like stud wrestlers from Ohio. And I think, you know, where I'm going with this. I've already tried. Are we, is there going tried. to be celebrity jujitsu matches? Yes. Cause a, you're yes. not getting punched. You're not getting punched. So it's less risky than boxing. You can get crossover with MMA. You can expand the the base of the sport. Can we make the and also look at like uh um like uh, Henry Cavill and Jason Momoa and like you know Charlie Hunter, like big Bob actors. He's like a purple belt or something, right? Demi Lovato. She trains jujitsu. Like, like you, got, you got Spencer Pratt. You got um you got Sean Patrick. You got I mean there's a lot of celebrities and that was our idea when we were going to go to LA last year was to go into Los Angeles, do the big event, get a lot of the influence out there, celebrities, and just kind of have a big moment, you know, where, you know, tons of influencers are, influencers are there, great matches, great venue, and just kind of, but COVID destroyed it all in my dreams. <laughs> it's tough, though. I, do you find it difficult? I imagine sometimes it's tough to get, to get the A-listers to come out there. You could probably find, like, a like a like a, a screech or someone that's kind of like hovering in there. Really? Like, he just died. All right, all right, all right. Vanilla ice, I guess, or something. Some <laughs> I want to see Jonathan Lipnicki, who just got his black belt pretty recently, that. by the way, fight Jonah Hill. Come on, let's make it happen. Roll Jonah, in the jujitsu match. Get... Who is Lipnicki? I don't know who that is. Explain it. Jonathan Lipnicki? That's who the guy he? from Jerry Maguire, the little kid. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. See, there you go. He's a solid C lister. Yeah. See, the, the, the A listers, they can't they can't take a chance of getting hurt on, on they're, they're, there's I, no way their agents will sign off for them going to the to the third coast grappling. They, it, it'll be funny to enjoy that they ain't they ain't getting hurt. You ain't you ain't Okay, but let's let's get some let's get some like attention. let's get some YouTube like Z list celebrities then. Like let's get some YouTubers in on this stuff, you know. No, like, I'm working on it, trust me. Like, hey, I'm, I'm the match we had before it fell apart. I, I had everybody under non disclosure, so I can't even talk about it right now. Right. But uh it was big. It was really big, and yeah. it was. Uh, I'm kind of pissed off it didn't happen, but I'll get over it. Is it uh, potentially? Could it be potentially re- re- resurrected at a later date? Was it like? Did it fall through because of COVID? Or? Yeah, I mean, I think our next event it'll happen. Maybe not the same matchup, but the, the person that'll be debuting, I think it'll it's going to happen. And and when it does, it'll be cool. It'll be a good moment for two sports for both of our sports. So we'll see. Oh, yeah, man. I'm- I uh, I, off. Just don't say anything. <laughs> I want to see some. I want to see some celebrity matches. I just, I just think it's good for the sport. I think Mario Lopez versus Mark Paul Gosselier. They're both jujitsu guys. You're gonna have AC Slater versus Zach Morris. They're both that, like. Aren't they both Gracie Baja blue belts? That's a possibility. Yes, and they're starting a reboot of Say by the Bell. So, uh, what perfect timing. Yeah. 
There you oh go. That's God. that's a pot. I could see that happen. I guess that's the type of stuff I think of. I'm like, how can I make this happen? Oh, no, that's going to cost too much. Never mind. Oh, hey, 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 a phone hey. call sometimes. If if you need if you need a, a solid name to call on, I've rolled with this guy personally. He's had a few HBO specials. His name is Chris Chris Gethard. He's a comedian from Jersey. Uh, he's been he trained at he's trained at the Blue Basement for like years and years and years. Uh, give him a call because that that's a solid dude right there. I don't know if he'll do it. He's got a family and probably stuff on his on his schedule, but I'm sure he'd love. He was actually he had a show like the Chris Gethard show. It was on T, it was on Pop TV, and he had Gary Tonin and Eddie Cummings come on and yeah, beat the crap. Cool. They had, he beat they beat the crap out of him in a I game. I remember watching. I think I remember seeing that thing. Yeah. So I'm I'm a big fan of his. I've gotten to meet him. He's he's a really nice guy. Um, would love to see him. And uh, if you and on that card, if you need another match that just screams uh, screams solid, Johnny Tama versus John Combs. I feel like I was already thinking that way. I was already really kind of yeah. Because really, Combs, I love watching Combs. I love Tama too. You know, even though he's a, so much talent. He, he's a crybaby sometimes when he loses. I still love the guy. <laughs> yeah, he is kind of a crybaby. There's so much talent. After the last event, he got so mad after his match with um, what's his name, Tiago Macedo. He's like yelling at me from the stage. I'm like, dude, what do you want me to do? Like, like talk to the refs. Like, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not even right. I'm, I'm the promoter. Right? Like, I got to do this. a referee. Like, talk right. to the dude. Get off my yeah. ass. He did. He did the same thing at the Jets King in Tampa when they had the Jets King. They had that. Uh, what was it? Middleweight uh, tournament. He lost to uh, Portofino, I think. In a match, he would have lost anyway. It was a pretty shitty call, but he just lost his mind. Rawr! I was like, it was close. You know, I don't know if it was that bad, but it was close. But yeah, he's yeah. kind of a hothead. There's so much talent at that weight class right now. At that, that, yeah, that, it's, that, it's, that, it's that fun sure. Yeah. Well, guys, I don't want to be a dick, but I gotta you get do. out of here. My daughter up. Yeah. So, no, no worries. Anyway, but man, Ryan, yeah. Ryan, if you if you would not mind, uh, we usually like to something that's changed up a little bit since the last time you've been here. We usually like to give the floor to our guest, uh, full screen them and let them plug any various events, social media pages and whatnot and different things going on. And everyone already knows who you are. So it's kind of superfluous. But still, if you would that. like to spam anything at all, the floor is yours, sir. <laughs> Um, thanks for tuning in, guys. If you if you watch this, I appreciate it. Uh, 3CG6, April 3rd, Fight Big Review. Uh, big. We've got some big announcements about to roll out. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin, for having me as always. Jiu-Jitsu Times, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, make sure to uh, keep your eyes open on our social media. And um, yeah, we'll have some big stuff rolling out soon. Appreciate it. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you again, Ryan. We always appreciate having you on, giving us some really cool insights from the the side of the promoter. Um, yeah, and and let's just wrap this up. You gotta go. You got important things to do. So this has been another episode of the Jiu Jitsu Times podcast. I've been your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher, and flanked by Mr. Ryan McGuire himself. Thank you again, sir. We cannot Thank wait to guys. have you back on. Be sure to keep keep your eyes peeled on all his pages. We'll link them down below. Uh, stay up to date on all the great things Third Coast Grappling is doing for the community. That being said, uh, everybody stay safe and keep on training. You know, we're now able to kind of get back to normal a little bit. Um, and But be safe, you know, because it's not fully done yet. That's it. Get out of here. Goodbye. Wear two masks. Go. Two masks. Wear two, two. We're five masks. <laughs> as many as you use. Put, put a bag on your head. 97 yeah, masks. Like get one two of those. After, so we can talk about get, two one, get one of those rich people, like, glass masks and use oh, one of those. The Super Bowl where it looked like they had underwear on their face. Exactly. Do that. All right. Go. Bye. We love you. Bye. Peace.